and the dad is a wreck of booze and heartbreak. L- much like the movie Freaks. If I had that on roulette, I would be like shitting rainbows. Dembella, grant me the power I beg of you, yes. Creepy babies and carriages and ghosts and shit. Did you miss Jason Statham in this? What? When don't I miss Jason Statham? One way or another, I'm gonna get thumbs down, obviously, but you definitely need to see it. I'm an upstanding citizen. Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that the federal government paid to learn to surf. Unfortunately, it wasn't the FBI, it was the EPA testing water toxicity levels. I'm Eric Warner. <laughs> I'm Eugene Weaver. Let's see how I worked in politics without working in politics, but it was movie quote kind of. That was yeah, yeah. That that worked out quite well. I I like that. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing quite well, quite well. Just took my first sip of a tasty beverage. I got everything set up. I'm ready to talk movies. Awesome. Uh, I'm on my second because yeah, stopped at the, my favorite surplus store today because I needed to pick up some. Uh, a couple of things, but some Keurig cups. They have them real cheap there. You know, okay. the, the, yeah. the, those little things. Uh, I happened to stop in on the day when all of their food and coffee items were 90% off. Ooh. 90% off of surplus prices. I was getting boxes of uh, Keurig cups for 30 cents. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got about 20 boxes of various things, imported uh, African coffee and this coffee and cappuccino and, and just everything. I was, it's 50 cents. I'm swiping it. Screw it. Heck yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. Except it turns out one of the things I got, the, um, uh, what do you call the, the coffee that's extremely strong? The s- tiny, mighty ones. The espresso roast? Yes. They, like espresso. Yeah. But they go to a different kind of one cup coffee maker, not a Keurig. So they're oh. the wrong size cups. And I was okay, like, gotcha. Whatever, it's 50 cents. It was worth taking a chance on. So instead yeah. of uh, trying to cram that thing in the wrong hole, I just opened up the cup and put it in the single serving Keurig thing that we have. Perfect. So you don't have to waste it. Yeah. Yeah. Put two of those in and made myself a double. Yeah. I, I, I had to have one. Yeah, you're... I was I was good. An hour ago, I just was like, I, I it was eight o'clock. I was like, I, I got to have a drink just to just to level a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm glad that I can uh, still use all that stuff. And you know, some of that stuff's a little out of date by a couple months. But it's all coffee. It's all it's, sealed. Who cares? So I yeah. tried. I tried like the oldest one. It was great. Never yeah. noticed. Oh. And that, that so cup probably cost you what? Maybe five cents when you, when you, when you do the math, or ten cents maybe. I, I got uh, five or six bottles of salad dressing, like expensive salad dressing, and oh, how many did I? I know I got six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got at least a dozen boxes of K cups, and my total bill, like they ring up the bill first, and mm-hmm. then they take the discount off, and it rang up to like ninety uh, some dollars, and then it the price came down to seventeen. I paid seventeen. Oh wow, that's awesome! And I've got half a dozen deodorant bars, yeah. just all kinds of random stuff at that surplus. You would love it. It's it's great. Awesome. Anyway, all right. Yeah, now that I blathered on about that shit. Oh no, see, no, coffee. no, coffee, let's... coffee, 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 coffee. <laughs> to go along with uh, to go along with cheap stuff, let's talk about our roulettes, shall we? Oh, oh actually, first... drinks, 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 even cheaper stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, what are you drinking? Well, um. 
I decided to take uh, take that chance because you've been bragging about it for a while. So tonight is Canadian Hunter. Yeah, awesome. So I've got the cool looking Italian ish from the seventies looking dude holding a yeah. gun and two wolf dogs, and I wish that there'd be a zombie chasing them. Then they would be awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, More Canadian, importantly, what do you think? It's good. It's very good. It's actually really mild, uh, like smooth. Mm-hmm. Now you know that that's what I've been drinking for the last three months, and that's what I'm, I'm drinking tonight. This is like gourmet top shelf stuff compared to like Canadian limited, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Forget that so, crap. Yeah. That's good. And I, and the picture is great. The picture is worth the purchase right there. So there you it, go. It is. Every, every time I open up the pantry door, I, I smile. I look it's up to the top hilarious. shelf and I smile. Cause it's, it's cheesy yet kind of cool. It is. It's the top of the bottom. It's like the best, uh, like Lucio Fulci movie or, um, the best Yui Bowl, or it, it's basically on the bottom <laughs> shelf, but it's got some Legos underneath it, so yeah. it's just a little bit higher. <laughs> That's great. Well, how about you? What are you drinking? The same. That's oh, what of I'm, course. That's my, oh, that's wow. my jam. It's yeah. The... Yeah. And I went for the full handle. Like I got a handle going on here, so this baby's gonna. Uh, I, la- I this haven't. Can... I haven't seen bottles. I, I've only oh. done handles. <laughs> so this baby's gonna last me a good three days. Three days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, actually, well, I've just got the, I just pour it into a little pint bottle, so I have it in my office, but the handle's in the pantry, and I'm going to pick up another one tomorrow, because for the weekend, you can't do better than that. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Okay. Well, now that we've got all that out of the way, are you ready for the roulette? Oh, let's get it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Let's get it done so we can move on to better, funner things, which has been kind of the motto so far of 2017 with regards to the roulette is let's just plow through it so we can move on to actual good things. Well, actual things that are more enjoyable to talk about, maybe. Yes. (laughs) Good or bad or otherwise. I agree, and I can't wait to get to recently watch tonight, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on my roulette. But anyway, yes, let's move to the roulette where we jump into the ocean of Netflix and try to find those gems. And you are up first, sir. Okay. Hostage to the Devil. Okay, documentary from this year, from last year, um, directed by Marty Stalker. Uh, chi- the the synopsis on IMDb is a child possessed, an exorcist locked in combat with an ancient evil in the battle for saving a soul. Just who really is the hostage to the devil? And that sounds way more interesting than anything in this movie. I. I Huh? It's just random blathering about the is exorcism real or are possessed people? Can that happen? There's 20 minutes maybe of a mildly interesting idea here, but it's just random talking. Talking. I mean, I kept on. I, I took me I, again. It took me three days, half hour a day to watch this thing. And each time I'm just mind drifting. Come on, like you're a documentary. Try to come up with something interesting for me here. And I like this stuff. This is my jam here. But I was bored. Well, this is why I threw it on there too, because it sounds to me like one of those documentaries where it could just be, let's bounce around to twelve pundit type people who speculate 
and speculate of what yes. could be or what might be, and that's nothing, a whole lot of nothing. It, it, yeah, it ends up being a whole lot of nothing. Um, they focus on one particular guy that was kicked out of the church and blah, 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 kind of tying into The Exorcist. Um, no, uh, just watch The Exorcist skip this stuff. It, I'm usually pretty lenient on documentaries. There's only been a few that I outright hated, and this one here I pretty much hated. I, I really – I hardly remember anything about it because I could barely pay attention. It was just blabbering on and on and on. I'm like, get on with it. They're, you're not really even telling a story. You're just – you made something Maybe to make it's something. this or maybe it's that or maybe yes. – I, I got you. I got yeah. you. I've seen these kinds of docs before. That's why I put it on the roulette. Yep, but done. <laughs> okay. Uh, over to me. Drunk Stone Brilliant Dead. The story of the National Lampoon. Uh, National Lampoon was born in the 70s to poke fun at the establishment and everything else. This documentary celebrates those who formed its legacy. And I am giving this movie a passing thumbs up. Nice. Keep it in the queue. You should definitely check it out. I was surprised how little I knew about National Lampoon. And I, on the opposite side of your documentary where it's just people blabbing about nothing yeah here they threw so much information at you so fast i could barely assimilate it it was just nice here's a guy who wrote for the thing and here's a here's a picture of this magazine because this is all about the magazine in the 70s do you know about that magazine oh yes yes okay i i've as i was watching it i was like i vaguely remember seeing yeah. some of these things uh but i was not very familiar with it i guess going in i was expecting it to be more about the movies and that kind of stuff yeah. And they, they, they get to that, but the bulk of this is about the magazine, which was really fascinating for me, not, especially not knowing a whole lot about it, but it was amazing how, uh, extremely R-rated that magazine was at the time. Yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lots, uh, sex and nudity and every kind of that kind of joke, you know, which yeah. was hilarious. It was fine. So but it was you say passing, you pay, say passing thumbs up. It sounds like like this sounds like something I would love. Um, why just passing? Maybe you would if you are more familiar with the magazine. Okay. But for me, two thirds of it, I didn't know anybody. I okay. didn't know any of I these people. You. I didn't know you know it's editors, writers. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was it was a, I say passing because it was a very interesting story. And hold on, let me backtrack a little bit. So then we get to the last third, and it shows how National Lampoon was a stepping stone for. Uh, Saturday Night Live, and now all of a sudden I'm way into oh, it. Oh yes, I yeah. love that birth of that. But all of those like Second City guys, uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, they they all got their start at kind of working with National Lampoon and doing radio stuff. Ah, but, that's I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. Okay. The first two thirds of this is all about the magazine, and then the last kind of well, maybe about the halfway point, whatever. They start bring, filtering in these guys, and then all those guys split off to do SNL. SNL basically was birthed from this. So that nice. part of it was really fascinating. And they sat down with the uh, Chevy Chase and he had some very candid stories to tell. Um, that was very interesting. I guess I say passing because will I watch it again? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I, it, it's hard for a documentary to I know. really get that passive. Like this was so good. I will watch it again. Like Dam damnation, damnation would or, be one that, yes, I agree. That's uh, and, writing giants would be another one. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. So yep. gotcha. in cool. that respect, definitely worth a watch, especially if you're, like I said, familiar with the magazine, then you should definitely give that one a shot. I will. Okay. That's, yep. uh, enough 
for the docs. There's just not much to say about yeah. this kind of stuff, unless it's mind-blowing or god-awful. Um, yeah. Sell me on your next round of movies. Okay, first up is a documentary. Um, and this one here, regardless if you pick it or not, I, I this one sounds so good. It's called The Hurt Business. Featuring legendary and up-and-coming MMA fighters, this documentary details the history of the brutal sport and the fighters' struggles and triumphs. And it's on Netflix, it says, starring Kevin Costner, so I would imagine that he might be the narrator in it. Probably. Um, so I, I've, I'm i not an MMA f- uh, follower or anything, but uh, I would like to know the backstory on that. I think that, that sounds really good. Next up is a uh, Netflix original, and that is why I threw this on the roulette. Uh, it's rated TV mature, so there's that. Uh, when shards of a cell phone are, get lodged in a teenager's brain, he discovers he can control electronic devices and uses his newfound power for revenge. That sounds cool. Um, and then lastly, um, uh, um, did I, I have one. It, my... looked, it, it looked like a double header of general cemetery and similars. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I, ch- okay. The similars is the one. Okay, I, I wonder because I thought that was most full length. Yeah, so that one there, the similars, um, we have already thrown this on the roulette, and, and I heard some good things about it, uh, comparing it kind of to Twilight Zone type stuff. So I'm like, I want to throw this back on the roulette. Uh, stranded in a transit station one stormy night in 1968, eight strangers begin to fall victim to seizures, only to wake up disturbingly altered. That sounds very cool. I think that might be a. Uh, Spanish speaking, that might be a Mexican movie, but, um, and it looks like it's in black and white as well, but it, it, that could be very weird and quirky and cool. So there you go. Okay. And for you, anti-birth, a party girl finds she's pregnant after a wild night, although she hasn't had sex as the pregnancy advances, bizarre phenomena begin to surround her. And since it was a pregnancy thing, I went and watched, uh, it had passed my trailer test and it did. That okay. was cool. Cool trailer. Uh, Curse of the Man Who Sees UFOs, documentary about some kooky, crazy guy who claims to see lots of UFOs, probes the odd but intriguing mind of longtime UFO videographer Christo Rapola and shares footage from his many UFO sightings. That's your documentary. That's probably a fairly safe pick. Yeah. (laughs) And then your Akbar pick, The Secret of Evil. Video footage depicting a supernatural encounter is all that remains of a filmmaker and his crew who disappeared while exploring a haunted house. Ooh, creepy babies and carriages and ghosts and shit. (laughs) Uh, So that's your chancy one. I feel pretty good about putting those picks up there because... um, you got a safe pick, and and I checked the trailer on the one. And yeah. So. Well, and I I checked those out too, and that even that Secret of Evil, I think there was an hour and fifteen minutes. So even if that would would suck, it's an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. So uh, you get to go first. Okay. Well, I um I was gonna choose Curse of the Man Who Sees UFOs, but because last week's uh, documentary was meh, and as you will see with my uh, recently watched, I am very much on a not fantasy, but just make belief, like just not part of the real world because of just how awful. How <laughs> I don't. Awful I don't things have are. any idea why you would be that way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm like, let's go with something crazy and very, very fake. And so, anti-birth, it is cool. I look forward to your review of that. The, the girl that stars in it is, is bear with her because you might be annoyed with her. Okay. She kind of got some crazy big red hair and whatnot, but she was on the. Uh, what is that Netflix show? Uh, with the women's prison that I, I'm, oh. Orange is the New Black. 
Oh, okay. And at, at first when she popped up on there, I'm like, oh, you kind of annoy me. You're abrasive and loud and whatever. But the more the show went on, I loved her. She's one okay. of my favorite characters in that show. And I really like that actress. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. For me, I'm going to pick iBoy because it's a Netflix original. And I know that sounds like the opposite of something I would want. But since it was a Netflix original, I watched the trailer. This is before you even selected it. Yeah. When it hit Netflix, I went and looked at it. And the trailer was really pretty cool. Now it's TV teen or whatever. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a little more geared toward tween stuff, but it does have Maze Williams or however you pronounce her name. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, Aria from Game of Thrones. She's oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, and for, hey, for what it's worth, I am at this point, um, Netflix has a lot of change in my pocket as far as their originally, like their produced stuff is. Even some of the stuff that I wouldn't normally gravitate towards, it's very well made, bigger budgets, and like I, I go back to the uh, that Mercy one. I really liked Mercy a Man, lot. I need to bump that one up. Um, I just thought that was a cool take on a very low budgety type premise that I I dug. So I, I'm glad you took that one. Actually, I'm very curious as to if that's yet another one of a string of fairly decent movies from them. Yeah, that every time I see the Netflix logo, I'm like, okay. Even though the premise sounds dodgy, if it, if it had yeah. a magnet logo in front of it, I'd be like, nope, not mm-hmm. even worth a trailer. But if it has Netflix, I should check it out. And I, again, that trailer was cool. Expect to see the similars cast back up there until one of us takes it. That's yeah. just that I, one was I cool. Really I watched that, but I, that's a roulette. I'm pretty sure I watched that trailer too and thought that was really solid. But it, it'll get there. But the, the eye boy, that I hate that title. But yeah, me too. What was the one that you watched where um, these teenagers put on helmets and it's virtual reality? And um, it was I a, don't even remember the title of it, but I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah, because that was a roulette, right? Or did you yeah. just okay? Yeah, it was a roulette. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> they're playing a video game and shooting each other and yes. uh, or something. It's, that one, right? Yeah, it's the one. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. It trust me, iBoy was not like that. This was like uh, superhero shit. Like I got powers now, and I go out and fight crime. Is it? Does it seem kind of like um, Chronicle or not really? I know that's found footage, but uh, a little bit maybe. Not. I mean, Chronicle was barely that. It was barely the fighting crime thing. It was more like ah, that's complicated. But yeah. it was just yeah. I got powers, I go stop bad people kind of thing. Yeah. Every uh, comic book origin ever. That's <laughs> Yes. But that's my wheelhouse, so I'll give it a shot. You never know, it might be something. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> okay. And with that, let's move into Recently Watched. And I vote double headers tonight. We got okay. a good, solid hour, plenty of time. And I'm set up very well for double headers this evening. So. Okay. You lead us off. Okay. So um, you're going to get a lot of the same thing for a little while. Um, so I want to get um, I want to get a couple of these off before I get into very similar stuff because they kind of go together. And so I'm going to want to keep progressing through those reviews. So I want to get a couple of them. Or if you need to of, go like, like bang out three or four, go ahead. Okay. okay well, I want to first get off uh, – my list there's here. Lo- just lots of getting off oh, in this episode already. Tons. This is the getting off episode. Um, <laughs> first, uh, first up is <laughs> BFG. 
uh, Steven Spielberg's thing. Yes, the big uh, fucking giant. Yes. Ugh. Um, this won't take long. <laughs> Two hours long of kind of maybe a ET-ish type theme, but uh, not good. Uh, I am hard-pressed to think of a Spielberg movie I disliked worse than this. Maybe War Horse, but even that had its merits. This one here, I... Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Okay, well, you got me there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you got me there. I would probably rather... Maybe watch this one than that, because uh, there's monkeys no... swinging on vines with Shia LaBeouf, gophers, and yeah. So this one here, a giant uh, kidnaps a little girl and takes him to giant land, where his oafish, farty brethren live, and shenanigans ensue. And this guy makes dreams that he gives to people, um, and. The big giants like to eat people, I think, and they somehow get Parliament involved to stop the big bad giants. And uh, it, it's oh man, I was bored and angry, and it's like oh. <laughs> now, to be fair, you are not the target audience no, for this movie no. by a long shot. No, I'm going to defend this movie a little bit because I have not seen the movie, but I loved this book growing up. I read it over and over multiple times at at the right age. I'm talking like eight. Uh, So it was really a tale of whimsy for me. Like those people talk about the way people talk about Lord of the Rings. Like uh, this book, I I breathed it. I could, you know, feel the wind in my hair and everything to the like, okay. Then I get married. I gave my copy to my daughter Addison mm-hmm. to read, and she loved it because she was at the right age as well. Now I'm not defending the movie; I haven't seen it yet. But she, that's I heard somebody on a podcast talking about it this week that just really, really emphasizing I am not the target audience for this movie, and I know we've said that multiple times. Yeah, but I think we need to take that into account sometimes. That like <laughs> this yeah. was not made for forty year old men. No. <laughs> No. Now, having said that, though, I went through a lot yeah. of those Disney movies, and there were different Disney movies, Frozen included, that I was like, that was a good movie. I liked that. But I, I, the, the well, CG... Now, but, but those are ones that are written at our current time. Yes. Yes. Whereas this was written... Uh, hold, I'm trying to look it up. It was, this is a Roland Dahl book. You know him? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I, I, but I never read the book as a child. I understand that, but yeah. it, it was written in 1982. So there's a different mindset. That go- okay, anyway, yeah. carry on. I'm sorry, so I'm anyway. totally stepping on your thing. No, no, it's just it's just, this, just the CGI felt. It like, looked dodgy in the trailer. Yeah, and it was dodgy, and I'm I'm sure that it was like big budget whatever. But it just I'm like it, this feels unlike ET, which is practical effects. Obviously, this just felt very CGI glossed to where I I just I didn't care. Um, I'm spending even way too much time on this. I've got some great stuff to talk about. So, okay, anyway. real quick though, before you move on, I want to run down his uh, the stuff he's done: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James the Giant Peach, Fantastic Mr. Fox, BFG. I mean, there's wow. a theme. There's yeah. a theme running through those books, you know. Yeah, and it is for a very specific age. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. And then my last, honestly, this is probably going to be my last big mainstream movie of the podcast. Uh, there might be one more, maybe. Uh, but I rewatched Contact. 
Oh, um, nice. Yes, uh, on Blu-ray. And uh, first things first, uh, I thought this would be interesting. We are now to the point in um, physical media as well as, um, oh, how do I say it? I don't want to say streaming, but this movie officially on Blu-ray could look better. Uh, I have no budget, like, or low budget horror stuff from the 70s and 80s that looks way better than this. And I think that this is an encoding thing where this was a Blu-ray that came out quite a while ago now. And this just shows how advanced, uh, Blu-ray authoring has came since the earlier days of Blu-ray, uh, which that is the same with DVD. I remember when DVD started, it was yeah. like, okay, and it got better and better and better. This movie, will at some point look better, I am positive, because I'm like, this looks like it could look better. Like, if if uh, Warner Brothers would do a, like, a 4K remaster, it would look probably amazing. But as it was, I'm like, it looks good. It looks really good, but I'm like, and it might, I might sound like a snob, but I'm like, man, I'm watching, no. like, these horror Blu-rays from Arrow that look amazing. <laughs> I was one of the first people to get Baraka on DVD, and it was one of the most stunning things yeah. I've ever seen. And I kept told you about it for a decade mm-hmm. before you finally watched it and you bought it on Blu-ray. And you were like, you're right. This thing is amazing. And I was like, I need to pull out that DVD again. I pulled it out and I wanted to throw it in the trash because it looked so bad. It looked awful. Um, question though, which version of the Blu-ray of Contact do you have? I have it in a three a three set with Red Planet in 2010. Uh, I haven't watched mine it is yet, just but... the, the single disc. As soon as and that's one of my favorite movies. So as soon as it came out, I bought it immediately on Blu-ray. Okay. Well, I'm going to try and get that watched as soon as possible, so I can report back on what that transfer is like. I I assume it's the same one as yours, yeah. since it's in a three-pack thing. But yeah. that's that, interesting. The... I that that yeah. they have made advances in in authoring and remastering and stuff like that. So. I do think that that movie is enough of a following that they will do a full restoration of that at some point in yeah, time. I would love As to I sit it. here still waiting on my Abyss Blu-ray. Yeah, no no kidding. But this movie is it's it's 20 years old. Uh literally it came out in 1997, so it's 20 years old. Robert Zemeckis. Uh, it is every bit as timely then as it is now, if not even more so with the current political climate that's going on with science uh, versus religion and all that stuff, it is so relevant now. The only thing, the only thing that dates this movie is the technology of the time with, like, internet and our, their computers that they're using. Other than that, this is, this is top I mean, yeah, but it, it is, it is set at that time, right? It is, yes. So that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all right. But even this, like, I didn't even mind, like, the st- like Matthew McConaughey. This is back when he was still, like, all right, all right, all right, you know. Like, <laughs> and, like, he's really good in this. Like, he was already yeah. really, uh, uh, not just type, maybe he was typecast back then, but him playing that role in this movie, he was really good. Jodie Foster was great. Tom's, everybody in this movie was so good. If you have not seen Contact, that two hours and 30 minutes flies by like it's barely an hour long. So good. Anyway. Uh. I I just thought of something fucked up. What if, uh, McConaughey's character in Contact is the same character in Interstellar? That would be awesome. 
that would be great <laughs> because he was the religious uh, figure in. Uh, I mean, in yeah. Contact. I mean, to a degree. I mean, he, yeah. Obviously, he was, but he also was open-minded. That that was the yeah. beauty of Carl Sagan's writing. That was a Carl Sagan book. So you know, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson came from that school of thought, which is, uh, how do I put it? The the way that I interpret the things that they say, it's sort of they at least discuss religion in the way that like don't discount it because you can't disprove it any more than you can disprove anything else in the world. You know, like aliens. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Which is great. That that's but, true. Scientists talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, but, but even for back then, 20 years ago, the uh, CGI in this movie, I would put the CGI above anything in BFG. I thought that the, the CGI was fantastic in this movie. It is interesting how it's, it's easier to get um, like space and stuff and you're flying around and all that's fine, but get a, get a facial twitch on somebody and it's no, doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. It, yeah. So anyway, Contact is a masterpiece. I remember seeing it in the theater, thinking, um, thinking this is like and that came out in the summer. That was a big summer movie, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember I, way back then I was you know probably in my early twenties, thinking like this is a special movie. This is even back then I'm like this doesn't feel really like a summer movie, but this is one that I'm going to watch the rest of my life, and I am. I I've watched that thing so many times. And I will continue to do so. Fantastic movie. Me too. I remember seeing it in the theater. It's that opening scene. Hooks you oh, every I time. I love it. Yep. Amazing. Agreed. One of the best scenes in cinema history, in my it opinion. It is. Still holds up. And then okay. he follows, Zemeckis follows that scene up with one that I still can't figure out how he does. Where uh, the Ellie is running down the hallway to her dad that's having a heart attack. And it's in the bathroom mirror. And you should be seeing the cameraman. It should be the cameraman and reflected in the mirror, but it's Ellie. Hmm. And I and she runs around the. I, I I still can't figure out the magic behind that shot. It's amazing. Well, Zemeckis is great at like being kind of state of the art, cutting edge. With uh, you know, I remember Polar Express and uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, sorry. <sighs> Let's move away from important and relevant science fiction into stupid action movies and reboots and remakes and I gotta I gotta I, I you know you're gonna you're gonna vanish into fantasy or you're gonna vanish into dumb action and I guess this week thanks to the library it was dumb action. First up, Point Break, 2015, the remake. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Oh, so you're the you're the person that watched that movie. I it's did. I, I got it free from the <laughs> library. I, I you know what? The ticket price is right. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You 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 definitely should watch this movie. It's a thumbs down, obviously, but you definitely need to see it because uh, it's something to behold. It, it is it is full of wonder. Let me tell Train you. Train wreck. I don't even I I I was baffled by this movie from the opening frame until the end credits. Just baffled. Just why? Why why would you take all the good ideas of the first one and completely not use them, ignore them? Let's just not do that. <laughs> it, it it was baffling to even try to describe the the insanity and just bizarroness of this movie would take the rest of the show. It really would. So it's as bad as as pretty much the entire planet made it out to be. 
I'm not saying it's as bad as... Look, it has a couple of positive qualities. There are some gorgeous, gorgeous shots in this movie. There are some stunning stunts that I still don't know how they did that were crazy. Unfortunately, they were followed up with just moronic stupidity. Okay, let me let me touch on a couple highlights as quickly as I can so I can move on to the next stupid movie. Um, it starts off with Johnny Utah being a YouTube sensation extreme sport guy, and he's with his buddy, and he's like, no, we'll get this shot, it'll be cool, and he they ride along the top of a sandy mountain ridge so that they can ramp onto, like, off a cliff and land on one of those rocks that is jutting up and then uh-huh. stop really quickly because it's like a 20-foot wide rock. So we'll, we'll go 100 miles an hour and then ramp and then land and stop. And he stops and spins his tire and just barely makes it. And his buddy comes and obviously bricks it and off the edge of the cliff and he's so distraught that he joins the FBI. Okay. Yeah, All right. <laughs> that's where we're going. So from there, it, it, it goes kind of as you expect with trying to bank robbers and they're doing so, but, but instead of just robbing banks so that they can have a good time, they're constantly giving the money back to the people. Like they steal a whole bunch of money and make it out of an airplane and make it rain down on poor countries. Beautiful, stunning shots that are worth the trip to watch this stupid movie. We're like, that is, I've never seen something like a whole pallet of money get distributed like that. That was beautiful while you're skydiving. Amazing. Amazing. Everything's amazing tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay, then let's fast let's fast forward to the next really stupid thing that that comes to mind. Uh, I did like the point of what Bodhi was doing. He was trying to accomplish eight impossible feats set by extreme somebodies. It was kind of dumb, but at the same time, it was like ah, it's different. All right. One of the things was free climbing up a cliff nobody could ever free climb. So he goes to Venezuela and is free climbing up this cliff that, I'm not kidding, it's it's a half a mile, straight up, by okay. a waterfall. So everything's slippery, okay? And Utah gets there just in time, and but, but he's already started, so he's got to follow him up the cliff. And they both climb way up this cliff, and uh, you're like, okay, we're half a mile up in the sky, and it's crazy, and it's making, you know, my, my leg hair stand on end because you're so high, it's making, it's giving me palpitations. And the, then he decides that to get away from Utah... He's going to jump down the waterfall. And you think he's wearing a parachute. It's a parachute thing. So Utah goes over, like, tries to grab him, like, no, no, it's in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything. He's like, no, no. And they both go off of this unbelievable cliff over the waterfall. And I'm like, oh, man, Utah didn't have his backpack. Like in the original, when they jumped out of an airplane at the end. Sweet, he's going to grab onto him and they're going to fight and parachute. No, neither one of them had a parachute. They just plopped down in the water. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, <laughs> like I laughed and laughed and laughed. It, it, when you see the height that they jumped from to splash into, you are, you're going to die. It was, uh, it was definitely worth the price of admission for that. More like they were supposed to die. <laughs> oh, just, you should watch it. You definitely, definitely, it comes across your transom and Netflix or whatever. You peep that one out. You won't. I I didn't. I watched it all in one sitting. I didn't walk away going. I I hate this or I was miserable or what. Yeah. It, it was stu- stupid enough that I just kind of. Okay, that's a take. It's a really, really, really stupid take. But okay, I don't know why you just. <laughs> oh, they just did everything wrong that the original did right. 
Uh, next up, the transporter refueled. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> maybe uh, better than, maybe better than, uh, point break. Maybe. I, no. I, I don't even want to compare them cause I don't know. Um, <laughs> when my God, this movie was universally reviled as I recall, like people hate it. Like Razzie's yeah. worst of all time. This is just utter total garbage. I would say that this was better than part two and three. That's not saying much, but I would mm. say it's better than those two. That actually surprises me, and I am I'm, I'm not sure if you're with me, but I hated two and three. I hated two. I thought three was a little better, but it's still meh, not near as good as the first one. Yeah. It's like a high-budget, very uh, competent version of one of the episodes of the TV show. I don't know if you ever watched the TV show. There was a European TV show. Okay. I watched about a dozen episodes of it, and it was very interesting. It was R-rated, and it's like, well, there's some nudity and some car chases and some action, and all right. It was like a high-budget version of that. A very kind of throwaway, but it was painless. The biggest problem I had with it is that I can't... Is this a reboot or a remake or a prequel? Because it's supposed to be a younger version of this Frank guy, and yet it's... I can't tell when it takes place because the technology is past part two and three, okay. but it's supposed to be before part one or something. I, I, and then I was like, Oh, I'm analyzing a transporter movie. <laughs> Duh. Well, I am surprised that uh, it was better than two and three. That's something. Yeah. Do you remember the scene in two where he flips the car over to perfectly knock the bomb off the bottom? Yes. With that the... was stupid beyond stupid well there were a couple of things that he did in this film that were in that vein but it it didn't bother me at all because it wasn't that stupid like he did a a ue like in a uh like a cul-de-sac and kind of knocked the caps off of fire hydrants as he did a perfect circle like you know what that doesn't bother me i'm fine with that but doing this perfect barrel roll flip so that a crane can not like that was so stupid yeah. Anyway, better than two so, and three. That's all I'm saying. Does he still drive an Audi? A beautiful Audi. Yeah. When, and, and more high tech than the other ones. Okay. Which, yeah. But it's a prequel. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ed Screen did fine. The the fighting was great. I I, I didn't have it. I didn't have, Did you miss Jason Statham in this? What, or uh, was... what when don't I miss Jason Statham? <laughs> Of course, but he did fine. It just, it it wasn't quite the same. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. Okay. Let's get into some 80s cheese, shall we? And stick with that for a while. (laughs) Hit me, baby. Um, Okay, so uh, once I get into a kick, as we all know, my obsessive compulsive kicks in, and then it's go, 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 same thing over, 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 over. I started with... Child's Play from 1988, and you probably can guess where this is going from this point on. Um, have we here, really touched on Child's Play on the show before? I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't think that we've ever really talked about Child's Play. Well, Child's Play, 1988, uh, directed by Part Tom one. Holland. First, the first one. Th- this is the very first one. Yes, this is the uh, kind of like your Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween kind of setting things up, and still kind of the classic almost best one of the series. Um, I'm not going to get into the story. It's a killer doll. But, uh, the 
crazy looking dude from Lord of the Rings is in this and he possesses a doll. There you go. Um, <laughs> we all know and love him. Brad Dorf. Yes. Uh, he's, he's Charles Lee Ray and he turns into the, one of the good guy dolls and stalks a little Andy trying to possess him in order to relive through this little boy. Um, one thing that I did notice on this viewing of Child's Play, I've watched this movie numerous times, is <clears throat> how much this is almost a PG-13 rated movie. And I'm okay with that, especially for this one here. Upon rewatch, I'm like, you know, uh, I would say maybe cutting one or two F-words out. This this is a PG-13 rated movie here. And I'm I, this is – I appreciate the fact that this would not have made it any worse. Like I – it wouldn't have been like, ah, they should have really gone for it. I was totally invested in the story, the characters, everything about it. They didn't have to make this a gory, graphic, arted horror movie. It works on its own for what it is. The practical doll effects are so good. And like those, like Nightmare on Elm Street, for example, you don't see a whole lot of Freddy Krueger. And you don't see a whole lot of uh, Chucky in the original Child's Play. And it works really well. He's a, He's really sinister in the first one. Um, where, like Freddy Krueger, he gets more and more comical. I'll get into that later. Um, you said that this was 88? Yes. That's surprising, because you're right. This would totally fit better in the early 80s with, like, the very first Friday the 13th yeah. and the first Nightmare, and it, where it's a slower pace. I totally thought this yeah. was, a, like, an 83 or so. Yeah, this wow. is 88. So this is at the very tail end of this big slasher boom, because this is essentially a slasher movie. Yeah. Uh, but it works, and it still has that classic 80s feel. Like, you can tell, this was shot in the 80s. Chris Sarandon is great as the police detective that doesn't believe what's going on. And I, whenever I see him, I'm like, oh, that's – he's a vampire. He's the vampire from Fright Night. He will always be the vampire. Yeah, exactly. He's the – that's him. But uh, it is really uh, – it's a solid movie. The Scream Factory release is, uh, as I said before – these transfers are amazing, and this is no exception. The Scream Factory release, it looks incredible for a movie of a fairly low-budget movie. Uh, remastered, it looks great. So, good movie. Uh, big thumbs up. Um, I, I, I'll get into I haven't, I, I haven't seen it since the VHS days, but I, I agree with everything that you said. Yeah, it holds up incredibly well. And watching it again, next time you watch it, if you ever watch it again, just just just. Think of how little bloodshed is actually in this movie, and it's more of a suspenseful Twilight Zone type thriller because there was numerous Twilight Zone episodes that had this crazy doll in it, or you know, a possessed well, doll. I remember, or I remember that from the first time that I watched it. I remember thinking that that yeah. it's not that gory or anything. It's just is he in there or not? They yep. they really play with that the suspense of that, which is what makes the sequels so much more fun because yes. it's like now we're in a factory and it's bright and colorful at uh, whatever. Yep. Yeah, I'm yep. going to let you Yes. Go ahead. Speaking, Tell me speaking of which, let's of your child's play. Get it out. Yes. Let's move on to part 2 then. Uh so <laughs> so then I of course had I have the box set um of these. So, uh, Child's Play Part 2, which this came out in 1990. So now we are at the very beginning of the 90s. And it has a slightly different feel to it. Uh, but it's still, you can tell it's that we're now at the tail end of the 80s, kind of getting into the different style, like the, a little bit more grungy, maybe. A little I mean, more little shirts. Yes, you can literally tell the styles have changed a little bit. Even the, the, 
the film stock looks slightly different than like, oh, we've jumped from 80s to 90s. But this one here might be my favorite one, uh, part two, because it still has that classic feel of the first (laughs) one, yet they up the humor a little bit. He's still pretty sinister, um, extremely fast-paced. Like, minus the end credits, this is about an hour and 20 minutes long. Um, But everything about this movie is just classic uh, classic <laughs> horror. This was budget. the one in the factory, right? And this is the one in the factory, and, and that the, was the such third, a great scene. The third scene. one's the army base. Yes, yes. Okay. Make um, sure I got my order right. But it, Andy is back, the same actor, and um, the same the, the crew behind the movie. And it's uh, now Tom Holland didn't come back to direct. There was another director, but uh, it it not just a worthy sequel, but every bit as good as the first one. I thought uh, it was. It was great. And I still remember when that came out in the theaters when I was in high school and everybody was talking about that. Like that was the one that everybody wanted to see, but was not allowed to go see it or was not, did not have the means to go see it, like to drive, to go watch it because we were not able to. And it's like, do you know the new child's play movie is out? We've got, how do we go see this movie? And, uh, for me, it, uh, it's I, remember be that, I remember the, the, the hype around it as well. And, then you know it was 15 years later till I actually sat down and watched him, and I was like, "Oh, that's not that bad." I mean, it's scary, but it was like, yeah, it would have been scarier watching it at 12 or 15. Yes, than it yeah. was at 25. Yeah, and and uh, that uh, grant me the power I beg of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but uh, it's it's yeah, it's great. I I loved this movie. The uh, the scene in the. Uh, in the classroom where Chucky has a, uh, a big yard stick or whatever. And he's kind of smacking it. Like you've been a naughty teacher. I would say he says something <laughs> or whatever. And it's just great. I'm like, yeah, you show that bitch. <laughs> uh, get him. Get him. Chuck. Uh, yep. part three. Uh, okay. Part three. You want me to keep going? I can. Yep. Oh, yeah. I can. Let's get child's play wiped out. Okay. Part three. Um, this is now 1991. So this was a very, quick turnaround from the second one. And there's a whole backstory on part two and how they had uh, issues getting that thing made. Uh, MGM did not want to have, want to have anything to do with the second one. Um, so the, uh, the creator, uh, Don Mancini, he was, he so believed in child's play that he shopped around um, to another studio, which picked it up. And then part two grossed way more than the first one did. And that literally sealed the deal for the rest of these movies. It kind of, that is, he is an icon now. That series is, is yeah. iconic. So part two grossed, I mean, it did well. So part three comes out a little over a year later. And now uh, Andy Barkley is in a military school and Chucky's still after him, of course. Why not? I, I, uh, I, I'm, more, I'm more familiar with one, two, and everything else. Three is the one that, I swear I've watched it just as much as the others, but... It's it the odd duck fade. of the bunch. It, yeah, it, it, and it when is. I watch it, it's like that was good. Like yes, I, as far I, as the yep, Chucky, exactly. I dig it. But I, it fades. I, yeah, I vaguely remember right. something about a, maybe a paintball contest. Or yes, something. there's a paintball. Yep, where Chucky replaces half of the half of the paintballs with actual live ammunition, which um, makes they, no sense. No sense. And then they end up in this big amusement park that's right beside a military base. And like, what? Okay, <laughs> uh, but it, it everything about it. If you like the first two. This one here is perfectly acceptable, fun, early 90s, uh, 
early 90s horror. It's not quite as good as 1 and 2. Um, and this, this honestly is probably my least favorite of all the Chucky movies, but that it's still a really fun movie. It moves at a lightning pace to, to almost to the detriment of the movie because there's a lot of characters in this. Parts one and two were more focused on a house. Um, this one here is yeah. in a, a, a military school. So there's a lot of kids there and there's a lot of, you know, your awful, uh, authoritarian, uh, parental people in there that are going to get knocked off. So there's a lot of people and they really try to cram a lot of character development, if you can even call that, into a very short runtime. I will say that the barber in the movie, the barber in the movie is great. He's like this drill sergeant, uh, barber and he's actually the guy, he's, he's the father in the original Hellraiser, uh, Frank. If you, Frank. No, no, he's not Frank. He's the other guy. He's the, he's oh, the, oh, stepfather. The, the, the doofy guy. Um, Wait, is whatever. that the stepfather or the actual father? Frank is, is Frank actual... is, well, Frank is the step, or Frank he's the, is, he's the uncle of the, yeah, he's yeah. the uncle. Um, but my anyway, bad. so this, I got my it, family ties all screwed up in Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Charles Clay. Mm. But, uh, I, I dug his character. It, he's funny and he, he gets his beautifully. Yeah, the first uh, three really focus on that thing that was, I got so annoyed with in the 80s and 90s where it was like, let's spend the whole movie trying to convince you that this horrible shit is happening and, the, and, for the bulk of the movie, everybody's like, nah. I know, yes, end, that's this. That's this movie. Nah. It's like, no one believes him. Everybody's shitting on Andy Barkley because, <laughs> no, there is no such thing as a killer doll. And then the last ten minutes, oh, wait. Oh, he's murdered everybody in the movie. And, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> But I guess that but was it's, part of the 80s, 90s birth of that kind of horror, the slasher horror, where now everybody in movies is still questioning it. But in real life would be like, what did you say? Killer doll? Hmm? I'm not yeah. going over there. Nah. Yeah. yeah. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or at least enough. I, I'm not stupid enough to disbelieve you. Yes. Okay. Did you watch Child's Play 4, 5, and 6? Uh, I watched them all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you get to <laughs> pause you go, you for go, a round. Yeah. yeah. I'll take yeah. a round, then you can 4, 5, and 6 it. Okay. Um, I am not a serial killer. I promised mm. that I would watch this movie and give my judgment because you and Steven kind of were, one was like, yay, and one was like, yeah. Uh, so it was to me to bring down the final judgment on this film, and I have to say, I'm kind of kind of annoyed with you that you didn't push this movie on me harder. I'm ah. the third act, considering the third act, and oh yeah, the I dork know, I that I about. am for not gonna spoil what happens, but yeah. the dork that I am for the kind of genre that what the hell, man. You didn't have to I tell just... me that that was going to happen, but you should have been a little more pushy, like, you watch this because third act is you. Yeah, I would, and, and then I would have jumped on it. And yeah, for most of it, I was like, I'm 50-50. It's, it's good, and that's creepy, and I really like the way that Doc Brown psychs yeah. out and goes nuts, and yeah. like the special effects around that were really spine-tingling and crazy. And then I get to that third act, and it just won't quit. I love everything I'm seeing. This is amazing. Again, the amazing episode. Uh, oh, that's it, awesome. I'm so glad great. you liked it. Oh, that was great. That third act just went for it, and I, I loved it. I was like, it didn't hold back. It didn't. It's great sometimes to be kind of uh, vague or obtuse or whatever you want to say, but this one was like, nope, it's this. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Yes! Metal Hands! That was yeah. awesome. 
Yep. Uh, okay. So sorry, Steven. I liked it. Good. I'm glad you. <laughs> I'm, I am glad you liked it. Um, I don't know if I'd that... like run to rewatch it a whole lot or anything, but that was a definite thumbs up. And yeah. if I had that on a roulette, I would be like shitting rainbows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Those are few and far between. That that type of a roulette right there, because that was. Then uh, did you notice too the whole um, the shot on film? Did you get that feeling like that this was not a slickly yeah, I'm not going to lie. Because of the mixed review, I was kind of like watching it while I'm writing, working on my monthly reviews and catching up on all my stuff and office work. And I'm it's not one that's like you have to total focus. Yeah. It's, until shit started going really haywire with Doc Brown. Then I was like, what? what is going on here? Like, Whoa. Okay. Shut yeah. everything down. Pay attention. But I, I definite thumbs up there. Okay. Next up. So. Before I get into this movie, a little backstory. Uh, one of the websites that I, one of the very few that I still frequent. The, uh, a photo came out today for Oceans 8. Are you familiar with this film? This is the latest reboot of the Oceans series uh, with all women. Okay. And a still picture came out with all of the women in it, just like on a subway car. And what a fantastic cast of amazing actors and Rihanna. (laughs) And so it, it spawned a great conversation on one of the websites I still hang out on about the oceans 11 remake series. We're not talking about the old ones. We're talking about the original, the the original remake, the, uh, the remakes with George Clooney, Brad Pitt, et cetera, et cetera. Not the Rat Pack from back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. I tried to watch that one. Man, was it dull. Wow. And nobody was even really talking about that. The, the conversation was about the, the Clooney remakes. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard this take a couple of times where my personal opinion was I, I've watched Ocean's Eleven remake several times. I love it. It's great. Ocean's Twelve didn't do much for me. It was okay, but whatever. And Thirteen, I don't even remember. Uh, a few guys got on there and said, you know what? Ocean's 12 is the best of that trilogy. And I was like, what? Really? What? Okay. Okay. Uh, they said, you, you, I wish I had brought it up before I started this review. They said, I said, you know what? It's due for a rewatch. And they said, it's the only one on Netflix. You know what? It's on Netflix. I might as well give it a rewatch. I don't remember that much about it, except French guy, Vincent Cassell was kind of cool. And, uh, it just wasn't quite as good as the, as the first remake. And the other guy said, no, you need to watch it through the prism that this is a homage to, uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use the right words that he said, but seventies filmmaking, heist movies, etc., etc. European filmmaking. So I went back and watched it with that prism. Yeah, he's right. This movie kicks total ass, and you need to rewatch it and reevaluate it. And I want you to watch it through the prism of 70s European filmmaking. I cannot believe I missed so much of this movie the first time around. I was just looking for that flashy Vegas, George Clooney say witty things, Brad Pitt is constantly eating something, uh, (laughs) and it's funny, and, and Matt Damon's quirky, and that's it. It's a completely different movie than Ocean's Eleven. It's a total, total homage 
to 70s European filmmaking. Uh, there's one scene where they're uh, walking out in handcuffs individually from a cop station, and he does this weird crash zoomy thing on each of them. It is complete 70s. It's unbelievable. Really? And, and it's um, a total jazz score. Like, almost, sometimes it's almost obnoxious. But it's, if you're familiar with those films, it, yeah. it, it, it's a love letter to the, that kind of filmmaking. I loved it the second time that's, around. That's I, interesting. I have not seen that movie since the theater when it came out, and I remember liking it. I'm um, thinking, yeah, that was good, but I haven't seen it since then. Same review here. I, I didn't huh. hate it. I just was like, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's on Netflix. Go watch it again. I, I was blown away the second time. Almost, almost completely blown away. I, almost to the point where, like, I, I'm one, that might be the best of the trilogy. Might be. That's definitely one. Now that, now that I hear your review, uh, that's one where my wife and I are all, we're always trying to find a movie that we both want to watch and enjoy together. That's one there that I will certainly watch with her. Just make sure your, uh, eye goggles are very hard on the, uh, technicals gotcha that he does these weird pans and uh, those the 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 jazzy music and those those the stupid crash soups when they're walking out of the cop shop i was howling because i was like you you brilliant bastard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was great i i and ah kudos to my friends online man Uh, sometimes things need to be reevaluated people don't run away yeah. from everything that just doesn't quite work the first time. Because that is kind of the u- ugly duckling of that uh, trilogy. Because I know that the Ocean's Thirteen was it got pretty good reviews as a okay. This is the this is the proper follow up to the excellent Ocean's Eleven movie. I remember nothing of Thirteen. Other I than don't either. Al Pacino, I think, was in it. And that's it. I, yeah, Al Pacino and uh, yeah, it's a, another Vegas type deal. I watched again, and there's this is also uh, this whole love. Angle thing with uh, Brad Pitt and eh, I can't remember her name now. But another thing they do this like seventies filmmaking. He goes to escape in this weird little tr- scene transition, jumps out the window, and as he does so, it freeze frames, but it's blurry. Okay, seventies filmmaking in its prime. Uh, I, oh, I, I, do you think that that's why it didn't do so well? I mean, it, it, I think it brought in some bank, but it was definitely a lesser... I don't want to say people didn't get it, but hell, I didn't get it. I didn't see yeah. I didn't see what he was going for. It's a com- totally a completely different film than Ocean's Eleven. And that's why I was like, huh, what? Okay, that's fine. But I wasn't looking at it the way that I should have been. I didn't see what he was going for. And yeah. having somebody point me in that direction and say, this is what he's going for. And then looking at it that way, I'm like, oh my God, like, how did I even miss this? Maybe I, when did that movie come out? It wasn't, maybe I wasn't that up on European filmmaking or the seventies that much. Apparently not. Cause I missed all of these blatant, obvious signs of what he was trying to do. Yeah. Cause wasn't that the mid two thousands, I believe. That's what I want to say. Like yeah. five or six, something like that. But I feel like I saw enough 70s. That I, apparently not, man. That's all I can say. Okay. Because I completely Excellent. bricked that, that during the first <laughs> time. Uh, okay. Let's get on with more Child's Play. Okay. Let's wrap up Child's Play, shall we? Uh, next up is Ronnie Yu's 1998 Bride of Chucky. And uh, the main thing I'm going to say about this movie is, at this point in 
this franchise, they knew what they had and they knew like, okay, this is now not scary anymore. Let's make this funny, completely funny. And this feels exactly like when it was made. It feels like a late nineties horror movie where Scream came out. Scream was a huge success. Let's do that. But with Chucky and it works, it works brilliantly. I think that it would, I'm not sure how well received it would be now. If someone who has never seen it would watch it, they might be like, oh, that's uh, okay. It's witty. It's trying to be witty. But to me, for the time that this movie was made, it totally works with the metal music that they have in it and the fact that it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Carry on. I'll just score your review. Yeah. Rob's, yeah. White Zombie is in here. As with all sorts of new metal type stuff going on. And Ronnie Yu, by the way, is uh, the guy that made Freddy vs. Jason, which I thoroughly enjoy. That one with uh, Jet Li. That was awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, but this Jennifer Tim- is easily my favorite of the Chucky's. Uh, this movie kicks so much ass. It, oh, it's great. It knows exactly it's- what it's supposed to be and yeah. it lives up to it. It it does it does. Uh, Catherine uh, Heigl is in this, which is oh very God, funny. As I a forgot that was yeah, her. as a teenager, I'm like, wow, I'm old. And John Ritter is the uh, police chief in this, and he's an asshole. And uh, fast, like with the other Child's Play movies, extremely fast paced. And now this one here, they really go for it with the gore. Like it's uh, this is now officially how gory can we make these movies, and how how much swearing can we get in this? It totally works. It is a blast. Just like the other three, it's, to- it's totally very different, mm-hmm. but it's set in a different time. But they moved on with the times, and it works. Unlike Friday the 13th, to where they got to, like, Jason Takes Manhattan, that pretty much sucked, I thought. <laughs> this one here, like, this was filmed in the late 90s, and it feels like a late 90s movie that works on all levels. I so, completely, anyway. it's my favorite. I, it's the best. I love it. And you haven't seen the next one, though, have you? Hey, you haven't seen Seed of Chucky. I watched uh, the one after this one, yes. But there's another one after that. Curse there's of the, Chucky. Huh? There's Curse of... After Seed of Chucky, there's Curse of Chucky. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one. The, okay. <laughs> five is the one with uh, John Waters, right? Yes. I have seen one. that one. I didn't care for it that much. Okay. You know, I'm curious if you'd give that one a rewatch, uh, what you'd think of it, because I quite enjoyed this movie as a John Waters type movie, because it feels like they are like, okay, we did the late 90s, now we're into mid-2000s, what can we do? Uh, kill they, Britney Spears, that's what we can do. And they did that, yes. <laughs> and I, no, I, I mean, it was okay, I just didn't like it better than Bride. Bride no, was it wasn't better than Bride, but uh, this one here, it's... This one here is straight up black comedy, like just jet black comedy. Yeah. Um, and the fact that John Waters is in it, it just has a John Waters y feel to it. Um, That's a plus I, one to the score automatically for me. I, yes, I love he's it. Hilar- he's hilarious in it. <laughs> um, the gore is, this one here has the best uh, gore of the entire series. They really go for it in this one. In fact, I believe, well, and the Curse of Chucky as well, but this one here has an unrated version. Um, but man, this was solid. Man, I like this movie. Jennifer Tilly is sneaking candy bars because she's fighting her weight, which is kind of funny for some <laughs> odd reason in it because you can tell she's getting a little older and no was, one. And, uh, one of the Wu Tang clan was in this, right? Yes. Uh, or uh, which one was Rizza that? Uh, or 
Oh, one of them. Uh, Red Man. Oh, it was Red Man. Okay. Yeah, Red Man's in this. Billy Boyd voices uh, Glenn slash Glenda, which is their yeah, right. transgender doll thing. And by the way, in in Bride of Chucky, there's a doll sex scene. In this one, there is a doll jerking off scene, which is hilarious because John Waters is involved in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. <laughs> it's, Any, it's hilarious. Anything with John Waters. I'm in. Yes. He's, but he's brilliant. Here's the best part of this movie. It's, the movie is it's cheesy, whatever, but it, it works for what it is. And it, and by the way, this feels very much like a mid-2000s horror movie now. So we've gone from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s. St- this is consecutively a good series. Like every movie has has its merits and every movie is good. Like unlike even Friday the 13th and like Nightmare on Elm Street, those have some genuine duds. Here, across the board, every movie is good. Every movie I thoroughly liked. I don't know about that. That's a little strong. <laughs> but the end credits to this thing are so hilarious. Uh, with uh, the one way or another, I'm going to get you. And every, like, so that song is playing through the end credits as we see the various death scenes in funny poses as they freeze frame. And then it says the name, Brad Dorf. And you see Chucky getting just... Hacked to bits, yeah. or every person John Waters has his face melts off of, with acid, and it's John Waters. It's brilliant. I loved it. I would say um, I would say more along the lines of this series knows what it is and plays into it and isn't afraid of it, as opposed to the other series as as as, as where they were either neutered by the studio or yeah, trying to be more aggressive and failing and. Yeah. Whereas this, this is like, we're, we're about a stupid doll. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally they make, uh, I think it was in Bride of Chucky where they, either Bride or Seed, they make a comment about, Chucky says something about, like, look, it would take like three or four sequels to explain how I got here or something to that effect. Where I'm like, <laughs> right. yes. It's very self-referential. It is. It is. And I like the fact that they, they literally go with the times and every movie is just a little bit different than they it, it is it's in very, that time each one fits with its time frame i totally yeah, get so. that last one okay last one is uh curse of chucky and um I, this, this is was the only one i haven't seen 2013 i need to let you borrow this blu-ray it's really cool um and it feels like this feels like the best netflix origin or like a the best pops up on netflix type movie yeah this doesn't feel quite theatrical because now at this point, it, I'm like, eh, this doesn't really feel theatrical anymore. But this feels like a really solid Netflix streaming type movie. Uh, but it's really good. They've changed the style of the doll slightly, but um, and which I was okay with. There's a lot of backstory in this one. And they go back to the original first couple where everything is pretty much set in a house. Uh, but the gore is great, and the characters are obnoxious in a good way. I was never like, I hate you. It was like, ah, I, I get it. you're the bitchy broad, and you're the douchey guy, and you're going to get killed. Well, and the, the, the Chucky movies have been fairly full of obnoxious people. That's not yes. unusual. That's, it should yeah. be. Yeah. You want but, them to die. You want Chucky. Chucky is the anti-hero of the series. You want oh, him yes. to go kill all these people. Yeah. He is a midget Freddy. He's yeah. A, yeah. Even the boy at some point, who's been right all of, in the first yes. three episodes, is still yeah. like, you're still kind yeah. of annoying, and I still kind of yeah. want him to get you. Yeah. Speaking of the boy, uh, Andy Barkley, just this one here, if you or any listeners are 
listening, whatever. You want, I want to watch this movie. Oh, here we you go. Want to take We're, a break? Uh, watch through the end credits because there's an end scene that is brilliant. It was so cool. I'm like, yes, yes, you rule. This, this seriously, like, other than, I'm trying to think of another horror franchise that, like I said before, is consecutively very entertaining because there is some true shit in Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, even Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's some that I'm like, these aren't good. Every single Child's Play movie is a thumbs up to me. So some not quite as much as the others, but everyone gets at least a 3 to a 3.5. At least they're the freaking interesting. At least they they're are. swinging. You know? Yeah, they, and they're, they truly do. Yeah. They, Especially with with Bride of Chucky on, it's like, okay, let's just go for it. Let's just... That movie kicks so much fucking Oh, it ass. does. It, oh, oh, it does. And the soundtrack is so good on that thing. That's great. Oh, and there's even a there's even a Hellraiser reference in uh, Bride of Chucky with Chucky saying something. Uh, yeah, anyway, <laughs> definitely hey, great stuff. Go ahead and do what we do. Pull the last one out so that it hangs out a little bit. So when I say give me some more movies, you go ahead and pass that one my way. The last you one. should you really should watch Curse of Chucky because it really is good. And it's, do you have it's, part five too? Because I should. I have them all. Okay. I've got all of them. I should so rewatch part five, and I haven't seen six. So, okay, uh, add them to yeah. my stack. I will do that. Okay, last round for me. Okay. Documentary for the love of Spock. Hmm, okay. Documentary about Star Trek and Spock and mostly about Spock and Leonard Nimoy. Oh, we've been down this road a million times. Uh, yeah, it, thumbs up. It's a good documentary. You should definitely keep it in your queue and you should definitely watch it. It was very entertaining to have on in the background while I was uh, writing reviews and doing other stuff in the office and... I fully enjoyed it. That's all there is to say about that. Next up is uh, re- uh, this is viewing number two for me. And and the first viewing, I was like, that was really good, but I'm kind of hesitant on a couple of things because I feel like maybe a ripping off Ghost in the Shell a little bit. But you had some good ideas, but there were some things I didn't quite like. That is Luc Besson's Lucy. I re- oh, okay. Since our since we us four went out to the theater to see that. That's right. Okay. Gave this one a rewatch, and I gotta say, going in with a little bit lowered expectations, this was awesome. This was. Oh, awesome. really? I really enjoyed this movie. Wow, you've kind of changed your tone on that one. Well, I didn't give it a thumbs down the first time. I just was like shaky on it. I had some pros and I had some cons and and whatever. This time around, though, totally enjoyable. Now, granted, it took me three watchings on the couch, falling asleep, because, you know, I'm watching it late at night. So maybe that had something to contribute to it as far as um, the pacing. You know, we can get away from the pacing a little bit when, when, when we have to watch it over multiple sittings. But as it is, man, Scarlett Johansson is so damn good. She is just so frickin' watchable. And maybe it's because that if I had to cast my wife in a movie, it would be Scarlett Johansson. They are about the same height. I think they look the same. So <laughs> it's okay. easy for me to watch her, you know? Yeah. I'm like, that looks my, like my wife kicking ass, and she has the same mental powers over me that uh, Lucy <laughs> does over everybody else. <laughs> There's dinosaurs in that movie, right? For about five seconds. 
Okay. I boy, I my my brain must be going. I I re- I vaguely remember that movie. Other than yeah, the she's able to give it a rewatch with the wife. It's a good wife yeah. movie right here. Okay, it's good uh, stuff. I really enjoyed it the second time around. I really did. Just you know, forgiving a couple of him haws here and there. It. I, I'm so bereft of sci-fi movies, dude. I watched a dozen sci-fi trailers of upcoming sci-fi movies today, and I was just like, oh, one in ten. One in ten is like, that looks pretty cool. And nine that are like, oh, just (laughs) just don't. Just just stop. Bad CGI, bad, just bad everything. Uh, Anyway. So, yeah. Second round, thumbs up for Luc Besson's Lucy. And very glad to have that on my Blu-ray shelf and on my Voodoo. Nice. Did okay. you buy that one brand new? No. No, no, no. My buddy gave me the Voodoo code, and then I... Uh, it was 250 I think, on Blu-ray, okay. so I snapped it up. And gotcha. I'm very happy to have that on the shelf. Rock-solid science fiction. Okay, do you want to... Uh, you, you got time. I gave you okay. an extra round for you this week. <laughs> Ooh, oh, boy. Okay, do you want a doubleheader of Bob Clark goodness or a um, a doubleheader of Mike uh, Michael Suave? Uh, no, I talked about him on... Uh, yeah, you talked about him on your show. Um, or um, a couple other slashers. So Bob Clark, early Bob Clark, or a couple slashers. I don't know. <laughs> what Bob Clark do you have? What slashers? Give me titles. Okay, we you do know Bob Clark, right? I do, but I'm not. I'm not. I haven't watched a lot of his films. Okay, Porky's guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I haven't okay, watched a lot. Okay. Of his <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, and the sl- um. Let's go, Bob Clark. Okay. Uh, well, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> because I love of... it when you make up your mind and then ask me, and then you're like, "No, I made up my mind." No, I. <laughs> Um, so there it is. Um, because of Porky's, I went to rewatch some of Bob Clark's earlier work. So I revisited his 1974 movie called Dead of Night, also known as Death Dream. And I don't believe I've talked about this movie on, uh, on our show yet. Okay. So, um, this movie is about a young man in the very beginning of the movie. He is... We think he is killed in Vietnam, and um, we cut to his his mom and dad. Is this a Jacob, his, Jacob's Ladder thing? Um, kind of. I yes. just ruined your review, didn't I? Yeah, that kind of. Uh, kind kind of. The mom is obsessed with her son, and the dad is a wreck of booze and heartbreak. Uh. <laughs> And much like the hosts of this show, much like the movie freaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here Perfect. we go. You got 10 Perfect. minutes. Son. <laughs> um, this is a creepy movie. Uh, it's very dated and of its time, the early seventies, but that plays right into the movies. What, it, what works about the movie is, uh, and I'm going to, which will, tie in with the next movie I'm going to review, but the cinematography and the score especially. The score is what makes this movie so unnerving. Um, and this is not really a gory movie. It's 
the movie is hardly uh hardly gory but it's still oh what am i trying to say here um so basically once once our uh young vietnam vet comes back andy is his name he uh immediately starts acting kind of weird something is off about him Mama loves him regardless, and Papa senses something is off. And the police start to get involved because there's a couple of townspeople that uh, are are missing. And uh, I don't want to give away the whole plotline to this movie, other than things take a very, very sinister turn towards the end of the movie. Um, I really like the fact that the movie itself has like the whole way through has this grimy low budget early 70s feel to it that works the the plays in perfectly to it and again I'm going to tie in with the next movie after this that Bob Clark did okay so anyway but it's it's a rock solid early 70s uh slice of oddball horror it's very very dreamlike and weird and creepy and uncomfortable so cool. Put it on my um, stack for the next horathon. Yes, it's really cool. Uh, now the next one, and this is one that I've watched several times, and this is the first time that I truly found it to be a masterpiece. Uh, and before I'm like, yeah, this is good. I I should really like this movie. And this is the first time I'm like, yeah, no, this is a kick ass movie. And I'm not sure if you've ever seen it or not, but this is this is Bob Clark's 1974 Black Christmas. The original Black Christmas. The original Black Christmas. I have not seen the original. Dude, this movie is awesome. Uh, I'm not sure what it was about this per, this particular screening of it, but um, oh, man, I was totally engrossed in it. And the score is so damn creepy. If you take that score out and put anything else in that, it wouldn't be half as scary, but something about it. Makes it so much scarier. And this actually makes the remake, I can't believe I'm talking about Christmas movies. It makes, makes the remake all the better while still being so different. Cause the remake is so different than this, but I love the fact that it is. And it makes, they both complement each other so well because there's so many nods in the remake to the original that I'm like, Oh yeah, they, 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 okay, I see how that ties into the remake, or the name is the same, or this and this and this and this is the but same. Do you, do you still like the remake better? I do. I love that remake. But this one here is almost a proto-slasher. Like, this is before Halloween. But this is a slasher movie before slasher movies were a big thing. It's almost like a suspense thriller um, with... Uh, the hint of a slasher movie in the making, I guess, kind right. of. Um, but it's very un, like uncomfortable and unsettling. Uh, the the phone calls that the killer makes are really graphic in what he's saying and how he says it is. It kind of like the sequel or kind of like the remake, but even more so. Um, and again, I go back to the transfer, the Scream Factory release transfer is phenomenal it looks so film-like and creepy and dirty and uh, of its time i loved this movie this is now going to be i'll probably from here on out do christmas double headers of of like one night will be black christmas remake and original and then next night will be 
Bad Santa and Song Night, Deadly Night, because <laughs> I'm an upstanding citizen. Uh, uh, anyway. Uh, oh, that's yeah. great. I like it. Yeah. You, you really need to check out Black Christmas. It I is do. There, such and a no, cool movie. There's no reason that I haven't actually dived on it yet, except that it, I don't have access to it or it hasn't, you know, come around on Netflix. Well, now you do, because oh. I bet the Scream Factory release, you need to watch yeah, it. Save it for Halloween. Save it for October, because, you know, that's, you're going to bombard me with handfuls of movies at that time, so yeah. just <laughs> put it on the list, and I'll watch it then. I even, I like when movies, when movies can play through the end credits and like the whole way through the end credits, I'm like, ah, oh, this is kind of creepy and unnerving and I kind of want to shit myself. Cause that's kind of the end credits for the Black Christmas was I'm like, uh huh, oh, I should turn this movie off now. I'm done. But I'm like, the end credits are going yet. There's still kind of something going on back there. And like it, you know how that yeah, is. Like the older I totally movies know what were. you mean. I, I love it when I can watch all the way through the end credits. And not just because I'm interested in who made this masterpiece, but just because they're doing something that's entertaining to keep me in yeah. there. And, and then, I'm not talking do that. about Marvel, who makes me wait five minutes for a little shit nothing scene and then makes me wait an hour and a half for a nothing, nothing scene. Yes. Yeah. This is, yeah. I, I right there with you. This is like, oh, oh, you got to see it. It's so great. And <laughs> hey, now I'm rambling. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. We've got uh, two more minutes to ramble and then we'll okay. wrap up. Uh, random thought of the evening. You still have not watched that werewolf movie that I compared to Let the Right One In, have you? Um, Late Phases? No. I had it as a roulette. I don't even remember what it's called. I just thought about it today, and I was like, you have still not watched that movie. And it was really good. Werewolf movie? What? Yeah. Um, um, Are you sure? I am really sure. Hold on a sec. Let me a look here. Movie that, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm looking down the uh, list of werewolf or werewolf movies. Damn it! It's in my other. It's in my other book. Damn it! You lost me there. I figured I've seen every werewolf movie there is to watch. Well, if you watched this one, you didn't tell me about it. Yeah, it was one I watched last year. I compared what? it to Let the Right One In. It was a What's sw- it about? Swedish film. I had it on the roulette. About werewolves. Well, there was a werewolfy type business going on there. In the same vein as there was vampires and Let the Right One In. Damn it. Boy, you you got me. I, I don't know. Damn it, it's in my other book. <laughs> this will not stand. Hmm. Wait here. Okay. I'll find it, damn it. When animals dream. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Episode 87. Ha ha. I have not seen it. Captain Note Taker. But is it still on Netflix? Let's find out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go look. Because I, I randomly, I thought about that today, and it pissed me off. It was like, that was a damn good movie, and... Eugene hasn't seen it yet. No, it's just, yeah, it's still on Netflix. There you go. When Animals Dream. I look forward to your review. Okay, <laughs> let me just pop on to Netflix here. Oh, okay, everybody, stay tuned, because it's time for another commentary track. Let me hop on Netflix. Here. Are you serious? Yeah. Next time is commentary? No, I'm just, we're going to watch it right now. Oh, oh!
starting at 11.30. Can you imagine what a disaster that would oh be? My this is all going to get cut. Let's, so yeah. let's just... Oh, it's in my queue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, wow. Well, Eric yeah. gave it a thumbs up, so screw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I, let's wrap up this episode. We have gone okay. on plenty long. Uh, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword at everything yahoo.com for mail, Facebook, Twitter, and yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much everything. Okay, tease for coming out soon. Um, oh, damn it. I always try and wrap up, and you're like, try and stick with the show and do things that we do every episode. All right. You're like, <laughs> you're like the freaking show police, but. All right, you're right. What if tease? You get to go first. Okay. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm hoping to watch at least the first one, which would be part four of uh, the Star Wars original trilogy again. No, 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 no. no. I, if we're the first thing on your list is going to be when animals dream. Damn it. Oh, okay. Or that. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Okay. Now and then, then. So, now, now hear me out here. I actually got um, uh, three Blu-rays of uh, of the, literally theatrical prints, 35mm prints of the original trilogy. You're looking at me like, oh, you mother and we can't say this. Um, no, but, I'm not looking at you like we can't say this. I'm looking at you like, why don't I have this? Yeah, and I tested them out. We're talking like they are 35 millimeter prints. Like they look like Grindhouse in HD. Oh, okay. Like, but well, did they look yeah. better than the prints that we originally no. had? They're, I mean, like though the the specialized editions are like despecialized. Despecialized are, are like remastered. I guess you could say of the original trilogy. These are taken like here is a film print, a 35 millimeter millimeter film print that is digitized and put onto DVD or onto Blu-ray. So um, kind of garbage. Yeah, I mean, they're high definition. You can tell they, they, but it's like literally you're watching Robert Rodriguez's, uh, planet terror and, uh, death. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. It's, it looks hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, Holy shit. There's scratches and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Yet it's still in high definition. Like it's still like way better than DVD, but so it's a, a nostalgia pickup as far yes. as like, yes. this is what they looked like when I watched them as a kid. Yes. that And that's the whole thing is that these are literally film prints that were found. They were not cleaned up at all. Uh, but 35 millimeter film is obviously a higher resolu- resolution. So on Blu-ray, they, they're Blu-rays. I mean, they're like 25 gig Blu-rays and they look like that, but they're very scratchy. And I don't know why I just... Flipping through them real quick, I'm like, that is so bad ass. I'm okay with that. Anyway, anyway. Um, and then other than that, uh, my usual plethora of horror garbage from the 80s. I can't wait. Okay. Whee! And neither can you, dear listener. Yeah. Z- or co-host. I, I'm, I'm yeah. game for it, too. I'm, I'm here. Um, I've been doing pretty good with getting through some of the Blu-rays on my to-watch stack. Uh, I've got, what else? Uh, February, Netflix has added a whole bunch of crap. I'm yes. hoping to get through a couple of, kind of a, feeling like a Kung Fu thing coming on. There's mm. some Journey of the West Part 2, I think, got added, and a couple of other, other like, really weird, dodgy kind of things. But 
some shit that I want to check out. So, uh, that's kind of where my mood is going to be taking me in February, I think. Okay, it is time to wrap up. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm Eric Warner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And I will see you next week. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening.